happy January. It's the beginning of the year. It's the time where we are all setting goals. We're making resolutions. We're saying and doing all the things, making lists of things that we want to change and be better at this year. And maybe for you, that thing is saving money and being wiser with your spending. And so if that is, I want to encourage you to go check out Homeland Credit Union and have them help you. If you are looking to save more in 2024, Homeland can help you. They have a lot of great savings options, including CDs, youth savings, Christmas club, and more. You can give them a call or visit their website to learn more. You can contact them by phone 740-775-3331 or go to their website www.homelandcu.com. Their staff is incredible. They are super helpful and it's a local business that cares about your family, cares about you, and goes above and beyond to do whatever they can do to help you meet all of your goals. So go check them out and let them know Elena sent you. Hi there, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Pour It Out with Elena Beverly. I'm your host, Elena, and I'm super excited to have you with me today. Today on the podcast, we have one of our Chat with the Pastor episodes, and this is Timmy Rodriguez. He is the youth pastor at Brookside, and this conversation was so good and so interesting. I cannot wait for you all to hear his story. It is amazing. Um, I do want to say this is the last pastor, uh, chat with the pastor, at least for a bit. We are going to take a little break from doing these. Um, but I have something really, really exciting starting next month. So Timmy is going to end us with a bang. Now you may hear from pastors this year. Um, we may just do some little bonus episodes. I've got a few that um, have actually said that they want to come back on the podcast. Uh, and so I will be sitting down with them periodically. And then there are still a few that I haven't uh, gotten a chance to sit down with. So I will probably be bringing them in here and there, but it just won't be every month like it has been. Um, but Timmy ends us out on a really great note and it's just, it's such a good conversation. I was so encouraged by it when we were talking, we had such a great day. Um, I ended up being there for a lot longer than I had planned because we just sat and talked forever. And so, um, if you know, Timmy, you know, that that is not hard to do. Um, and then if you don't know him, you will hear in this conversation, he's just, He's so down to earth. He's so wonderful um, to talk to. And just his life is so interesting. His story is is fascinating. Um, and so I have no, no um, doubt that you are going to love this. I do want to give just a little technical um, caveat <laughs> in this. Um, we had gotten interrupted when we were recording the first part. And so I had to cut it off and I did, I was able to edit that out and I, I did a little editing, but my editing skills are not fantastic. And so, um, just if there's a little break or it feels like a little redundant, just know that's why. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, 
But aside from that, this whole conversation is absolutely fantastic. I hope that you enjoy it. I pray that you are blessed by it, encouraged by it, and pushed closer to Jesus through it, and that you just really enjoy um, hearing about his life. Well, hi, Pastor Tammy. Hello. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I am excited. You are the first youth pastor that I've had, um, but I've had a few different people specifically tell me that I needed to have you on to share your story. So I am super excited because I know nothing about your story. So just as everybody else is going to hear, I'm hearing it for the first time too, which I think might be the first time has happened. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Oh, well, uh, thank you. Uh, that <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I feel so honored. Shucks. <laughs> um, so to get started, tell us just a little about yourself. So people who have no idea who you are can kind of know. Okay. Well, my name is Timothy Rodriguez and, um, Usually when people ask me where I'm from, I, I, I kind of chuckle because in my mind, I think I'm from everywhere. But uh, uh, I was born in Honduras, uh, but uh, my parents are from different countries. My dad is Mexican. He was born in Mexico and my mom is from Nicaragua. Uh, but for some reason, uh, we always identified more as Mexican because if you think about it, uh, Honduran, the only thing that is Honduran is my, my birth certificate. <laughs> Blood really more Mexican uh, and Nicaraguan, so we usually say we're Mexican. Uh, but uh, I am the youth pastor at Brookside Church here in Chillicothe, and I feel so blessed to be here. It uh, God has, has truly been preparing uh, this whole thing many years um, you know, before it happened, but we uh, arrived in Chillicothe, in Chillicothe uh, this year, February uh, of this year, and it has been a true blessing uh, being here. I moved here with my wife uh, and my son, uh, so it, it has been wonderful, and uh, my wife is originally from Ohio, from north of Columbus, and my son was born in McAllen, Texas, which is where I first arrived here in the U.S. Um, so, yeah, that's that's just a little bit about me. It's as you were talking and as you were saying that I remembered um, just now that. So I interviewed Pastor Ryan this time last year. I think hmm. it, it popped up in my Facebook memories that it was actually this past week. Um, a year ago, and I had filled in at youth maybe once or twice at that point. And when we got done interviewing, I had asked him, so have you, you know, how's all that going? And he said, well, we actually found someone and he told me about you. So I just, I was like, as you were talking, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, it was a year ago that, that you had, I don't think at that point you had officially accepted the position, mm -hmm. but yeah. it had been offered to yeah. you. Yeah. And um, 
So I don't know. That's just a fun little like connection. I, I literally just made as you were talking. I was like, oh, wait, but that was like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, so amazing. that's fun. Well, I am going to completely turn it over to you because literally, um, I mean, I've had probably five or six people say to me over the course of the past year, less than a year or so, like, have you heard his story? You need to hear his story. It's amazing. <laughs> so um, because I don't know anything about it, I don't have any way to introduce it. So I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you talk. Okay. Well, I will, I will shoot for the short version, like I told you <laughs> before, but uh, we'll see. Maybe the short version turns into a long version too. <laughs> that works. <laughs> okay. So as I said, at the beginning, I was born in Honduras, and I guess I'll give a little bit of, of backstory to how my parents, who are not from Honduras, ended up in Honduras. Um, but my my dad is from Mexico, my mom is from Nicaragua, and uh, when my mom was young, she was probably about 12 years old, her whole family moved to Honduras because her dad uh, became the first... Uh, or became manager of the first Sears store in Honduras. Wow. So, yeah, that was uh, it's pretty big. Uh-huh. Um, so that moved them from, from Nicaragua to Honduras. Now, she grew up there. Most of her, her, her life was there. So even she identifies more as Honduran than Nicaraguan. Um, and in the end, I think that the Lord wanted that to happen because Nicaragua, well, it hasn't really been the greatest country to this day. The U.S. doesn't have the best relationship with Nicaragua. Um, so I think God intended it like that. But they um, they met in Mexico. My mom moved uh, to Mexico because she received an ultimatum from her parents. And it was either moving to Mexico with her older sister or uh, staying in Honduras and having probably a miserable life. <laughs> uh, they met there. Uh, you know, surprisingly, her older sister married my dad's cousin. So that's how they met. Mm -hmm. And they had a uh, double wedding. So they got married on the same day at the same church. They had a, uh, a you know, ceremony together and everything. So how so cool pretty, is that? Yeah, it was... It was pretty, pretty cool to, to find out how, how they did it. And I mean, well, I could tell even more stories about that day, but those are my parents' stories to tell. <laughs> but um, they moved from Mexico after my oldest brother was born because my mom got homesick. She wanted to, to be with her family. And uh, I don't know how my dad ended up agreeing to it, but he agreed to move. And they moved back to Honduras and... It was in Honduras that my older sister was born in the capital city. Then they moved to a different city uh, after they came to the Lord. They were not Christians, uh, but they came to the Lord when they arrived in Honduras. And I was born in a different city. And then they moved again, and my youngest brother was born. Wow. So, uh, yeah. All over the place. <laughs> but I grew up in the small city where my youngest brother was born, uh, and the city is called Catacamas. Uh, I, you know, arrived there when I was, uh, I think, 
13 days old. So I was born in a different city, but did not spend too much time there. Uh, and uh, so I basically grew up in, in one city. Uh, so the reason that my parents moved around so much is because once they came to know the Lord uh, and they started getting involved in the church, um, that church started a, a school and it soon uh, became a bilingual school. So they sent them to a different city to start that school in that city. And then uh, they sent them to a different city to start another branch of, of the school. So uh, growing up, I was able to learn English. Um, you know, I started learning English since I was three years old. Uh, so a lot of people ask me how it is that that I barely have an accent, and it is because I basically grew up knowing both English and Spanish, thankfully. And I also had uh, uh, American friends since I was little. Uh, my my best friend, uh, whom I spent most of my childhood with, was a missionary kid in Honduras. So I was around English all the time. We listened to music in English. We watched movies in English, and uh, that I think helped my pronunciation a lot. But, uh, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. I, I grew up learning all of the, the Sunday school stories and uh, the songs and everything. My parents were, were uh, serving in so many different ministries in the church. So we were literally at church almost every day. Mm -hmm. uh, but it wasn't until I was in third grade that I finally made the decision to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. And surprisingly, it was through uh, the teacher that I had the hardest time with during my, my school years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the Lord just has a sense of humor of mm -hmm. how he does things. But uh, why, you know, I had such a hard time with this teacher, I don't know. But. Uh, I don't want to say that I was a victim, but you know she did treat me very harshly most of the time. But I think the Lord just led her to one morning asking us if we wanted to accept Christ. And I remember uh, not just me, but all of my classmates, uh, we uh, were on our knees and she prayed. And I you know, can say that from that day forward, I knew that I had Jesus in my heart. Um, was it a Christian school? It was a Christian school. Okay. Yes. It was a Christian bilingual school. Okay. Uh, so, you know, that was an advantage, uh, of it because I mean, had it been a, a public school, I think that it would have been a little bit harder. And I guess that it also was an advantage that, that my parents worked at the school. My mom was an administrator and my dad was a teacher. Um, so, uh, yeah, thankfully it was a Christian school. But it was third grade. And a lot of people sometimes laugh because I remember that it was a Tuesday. And I remember that I was wearing my PE uniform. Oh because we only had uh, PEs on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty specific things. Uh -huh. And it was the morning because it was one of the very first things that we did. So, wow. Yeah. I, I am thankful that the Lord used that, that teacher. Um, because, you know, I know that, uh, 
from that day forward, I knew what having Jesus in, in my heart was mm -hmm. truly. Uh, I had a, a, a tough um, time in, in school. Uh, I was one of the, even though it was a Christian school, uh, I was uh, bullied a lot for being, you know, the son of the school administrator and uh, son of, of a teacher. Uh, they always bullied me with, oh, being the favorite, being the, the teacher's pet. Um, so it was hard. As a child, I, I, you know, I say that I didn't struggle with it too much, but, uh, but I did. Honestly, I did. Thankfully, the Lord helped me, and and I was able to, to when I got to a certain age, I was able to just kind of block mm -hmm. everything and and have it go through one ear and come out the other. Mm -hmm. But one thing that that I I remember to this day and that I like to share with people because it has great significance is that one of the nicknames I was given many nicknames. But one of the nicknames that my classmates gave me was the little pastor because I was there was another classmate. She was Christian as well, but I was the only one that acted like a Christian. Uh, so they all started calling me little pastor. Uh, and at the time, I remembered that 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 bothered me. Mm -hmm. because it made me feel that, you know, it sing, they singled me out and I was the only one and, and they would always, you know, push me aside and yeah, the little pastor, he's the only Christian. And so that bothered me. Uh, little did I know that many years later, that was, you know, my classmates without knowing were, were basically prophesying yeah. something. Um, so yeah, I, I like to share that because, I didn't know, they surely didn't know that one day that was going to become truth mm -hmm. and that I was going to become a pastor. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's that's a, a nice little memory that I have of, of something good coming out mm -hmm. of, you know, nicknames. But uh, we, we moved a lot uh, being young as well. Uh, I remember that when my parents were working at that school, we always thought that we were going to be there forever. And my classmates thought, ah, well, you know, you're going to be the only one left here and we're all going to go to a different school and you're going to be the one that stays here. And funny that I was the one that moved and they <laughs> stayed there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was also another funny thing. But we ended up moving to to a different place. It was still in the same city, but it, it caused us to change schools. It was a great time. Uh, it was at a mission field. So we became part of a small, it was basically like a homeschool system, but that uh, with missionaries. So they used a homeschool system and all of the missionary kids uh, were part of it. So it was like a little academy, they mm -hmm. called it. They allowed us, not being missionaries, to become part of, of the school as well. So that was a great time, great childhood memories. I was able to improve my English a lot more because it was only English, uh, no Spanish whatsoever. And uh, then we moved again. And this time we moved to a Spanish-speaking uh, uh, school. It was Spanish only. Uh, and it was a great time. Thankfully, it was still a, a Christian school that my mom became 
the administrator of. Um, but it was that year that my teen struggles started. My parents had the dream of being missionaries many, many years before that. But it was that year that they felt that the Lord was calling them to go and be missionaries. Uh, my dad had had switched jobs twice uh, before that, and uh, it was the, the places that he was working at were good places, but they they were just struggling to to keep uh, employees. So it was then that they realized that that the Lord was telling them it was time, and uh, they uh, accepted the calling. And they started the process of becoming missionaries with this uh, Latin uh, American missionary agency. Uh, and uh, they were given the option to, to choose. Well, I say choose, but it wasn't really much of a choice. But there were three missionary fields that they could go to. One of them was here, the U.S. Another one was the, the Mexican mission field. And another one was uh, El Salvador. Uh, my dad, of course, being Mexican, said right away, I ah, let's go to Mexico. Uh, but it came down to, to El Salvador. So we, we became missionaries to El Salvador. It was such a, a struggle for me because, uh, it was around that time. I think I had just turned 15 and, uh, my whole childhood I was an introvert. I was very shy. Uh, I was uh, the kind of person that if if I sat in between two people, I didn't need to say a thing and I was fine. Um, but when I turned 15, I, I started becoming, you know, more, more social. Uh, well, I, I should backtrack one year. I started singing when I was 14 because of a competition that happened at, at school. So then being, being part uh, of the church that we were at, uh, me singing led to me becoming part of the worship ministry and, and participating more uh, with youth. So that helped me to, to start becoming more social. And uh, I just couldn't understand why we needed to move, not just to a different city, but to a different country. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was about to start going to the school that I wanted to go to. Uh, I, I liked this girl and, and we had just started dating, even though we were pretty young. I, I thought she was the one that I was going to marry. And I, I just didn't understand so many things that were being what I thought was ruined because of my parents calling mm -hmm. to be missionaries. Mm -hmm. So I struggled. And I remember uh, one day very well, um, I, I got the chicken pox. And oh, man, it was terrible. Uh, I was I was uh, uh, quarantined in my house for two weeks. I didn't leave the house for two weeks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, and, you know, I like my I've always had sensitive skin and, and just itching all over. And I remember one night I could I just couldn't sleep. I think that that I was I had fever and I just felt hot and, and itched all over and I, I had to get up. So I went to the living room and I was just there. Um, and my mom says that, that something woke her up 
and she could see that the living room light was on. So she got up and she went to the living room and saw me there uh, just kind of sitting, you know, in this fetal position and, and crying at the same time. And, and she asked me what was, what was wrong. And, uh, and I just told her with tears in my eyes, I was like, mom, I'm sorry. And she, and she just said, why What's what's going on? And I said, I, I'm sorry because I am praying to the Lord that, that we do not go to El Salvador as missionaries. I, I just struggled so much mm -hmm. with the thought of, of leaving everything that I had mm -hmm. known for my whole life. And we had the opportunity to go visit the place that we were going to be at. It was a small town, very small town. I thought it was the most boring place on earth. And as a, uh, as a 16 year old, I thought, why, like, mm -hmm. why do we need to move here? But of course the Lord had a plan. Uh, we moved January of 2009. Um, and we, we had, we started school late. My brother and I started school late. That was my, my senior year. Uh, so that was a little bit of a, of a hard time, uh, in order to be able to graduate in El Salvador, I needed to to meet certain requirements that I didn't have because that you know we just hadn't been in El Salvador. So on top of of doing my senior year of high school there, I had to be taking these other classes to be able to to meet the requirement to graduate. So I had to take uh, tests for seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. So I that that just implied me studying for these tests learning a, a different country's history uh, and, and learning math that I had never seen before because for some reason the methods were different. I don't know why, but it was just a big struggle. So did they, hold on, did they, you moved when you were 16, they graduate at 16? So in, in the Hispanic uh, system, you only do 10th and 11th grade. Oh, you don't okay. do a 12th, a 12th grade. There are some high schools that will do a 12th grade, but those are more like, um, what are, like vocational high schools okay. where their 12th grade will be like, uh, some, uh, you know, vocation that, that you can, can take, you know, the, the school that we went to was a Christian, uh, school, but they didn't have that system. So I only did 11th grade. To be able to graduate, um, but yeah, it, it was just a big struggle. I remember on top of that, learning a new math. I had studying was always easy for me. All I needed to do was pay attention and write down some notes, and I didn't have to study. I just needed to go back, look at my notes, and that was it. And that that year for math, I remember uh, that. The, 100 was 10, you know, in the grading. Uh, I got a 1.5 on one of my tests. Oh my god! Algebra tests. So it, it was basically like like getting a 15 out of uh -huh. 100. I, it was terrible. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on, and I struggled so much. I also struggled in in my my faith. Uh, I was I had been part of the worship ministry in, in in the church that we were going to in Honduras. 
And when we arrived at El Salvador, we became part of this really small church that had started like a year ago. My parents became pastors of that church. Um, but my dad would do everything because I was I was angry. I was mm-hmm. upset. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to be there. My dad would preach. He would play the guitar and sing and he would pick up the offering and he would teach Sunday school and he did everything. And all I would do was sit angry uh, until I realized, well, you know what? I am going nowhere. So while I'm here, I will, um, I will do something. And I started helping my dad uh, with the worship. I, I, started singing while he would play the guitar and uh, not um, it wasn't much after we decided that we would try to start a youth uh, ministry. So we, we both worked together and and not long after that, he uh, turned over the, the worship responsibility to me. Uh, and then he also did the same with the youth ministry. Um, I remember we had a keyboard, but nobody knew how to play it. And and the way that we used it was just to make drum sounds. <laughs> so one day I said, I, I'm going to learn how to play that keyboard because somebody needs to play it right. So I started uh, in music school uh, when I started college as well. Um, learned how to play the keyboard. And thankfully, the Lord uh, prepared me to become a, a worship uh, leader there Uh I started singing and playing the keyboard at the same time, which I thought was was pretty cool. And I also uh, became the youth leader and started preparing my own lessons and, you know, following my dad's uh, pattern. Um, So I now know that those we were there for almost five years, that those years that we were there were so important mm-hmm. in in my preparation to become who I am today. Um, and I struggled, you know, I, I didn't have, you know, it wasn't all perfect and, and great. Even the Lord, even though the Lord did prepare me in so many ways, I made so many mistakes, but I can look back and, and, and be so thankful for those years there because if had, had, had I not moved to El Salvador as a missionary with my parents, I probably wouldn't know how to play the keyboard and and I wouldn't have, uh, you know, trained with my dad to, to be a youth leader. So I'm so thankful that mm-hmm. that even though it was a struggle at first, it was preparation mm-hmm. for me. Um, moved back to Honduras after our term was was over um, and I went through a little bit of a of a, I would say. I just became lazy. Mm-hmm. My parents were called to be pastors of a little church in the U.S., South Texas, uh, and I just moved back to Honduras. I became an English teacher uh, at a at a high school. Uh, so, you know, I felt like for the first time I was independent. I could do whatever I wanted. I was getting paid very well. Um, I, I moved in with my sister, who was married. Um, but I, I had freedom to do whatever I wanted. My mom would call me and tell me, you need to come here, you know, find a, a Bible college to, to go to. And, and I would just tell her, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll see. 
but I never did because I, I mean, I didn't see why I needed to go anywhere if I was having the life that I thought was was the life that I wanted. But I just became very lazy in my spiritual life. I, I continued being part of the worship ministry in the church that we had uh, left and then came back to. I became part of the youth leadership, but there was nothing that was challenging me anymore. And, and I thought that I had reached, you know, the, the peak mm -hmm. of where I was at. But one day I went and visited my parents in, in McAllen, South Texas. And when I was there, I realized that God was calling me to go there. So uh, I moved several months later. I started, uh, I moved in and became a student at a community college there. So I had a student visa. I, I thought that I wanted to be a nurse. So I started uh, preparing to become part of the nursing program. Uh, and I also started serving in the small church that my parents are still pastors at, um, became the youth leader, uh, and the worship le leader as well. Um, but I struggled in college and I thought that it was going to be easy for me, just like, like it had always been. Uh, I was able to get into the nursing program with struggles and everything. Uh, but while in the nursing program i i struggled so much i thought that that uh i just needed to take my notes and and review them and that was going to be it but there was so much more that i needed to do i've never been a good reader uh reading has never come naturally i'm a slow reader and i'm super distracted so <laughs> i would find myself reading those big books for the first 15 minutes and then the rest of of the time i realized i don't know what I just read. So I struggled so much to get D's. And, and it was after the first semester that I realized, I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, but I met my wife in McAllen. I, I missed that part. Uh, she came as a missionary volunteer uh, at the little missionary school that was there. Uh, we became good friends. And she started coming to, to the church that we were uh, in, um, we became best friends. We had a lot of friends in common and everybody was trying to put us together. So I realized I liked her and, uh, she will tell the, the story. And, and I, I mean, she is right. I, I can't <laughs> say that she isn't, but I liked her and, and I would sweet talk to her and everything, but I wanted to be sure that, that it was going to work because she was only supposed to be there for 10 months. And then she would leave. So I was like, I don't know that I want to be in a long distance relationship because I had been in a long distance relationship when I was in El Salvador with the girlfriend that I thought I was going to marry. And that didn't work. So I, I wasn't ready for another long distance relationship. Um, but she realized that I was, you know, sweet talking to her and everything. <laughs> so she had to put her foot down and said, we need to talk. And we talked and we prayed and that led to us, you know, dating. And, and seven months later, I proposed to her and we got married. Uh, but the Lord used her in such a special way. I know that the Lord spoke to me through her one day while I was struggling in the nursing program and said, well, what about ministry? Have you ever thought about going into ministry? It's so interesting to me that that wasn't just 
natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, what's, what's I like, I ran from it. Yeah. Because, you know, going back, my, my classmates would call me little pastor. My mom and my grandmother always said to me that I was going to be a pastor. I, I, to this day, I remember my grandmother telling me always. And I remember my mom insisting that I come to South Texas to, to become, you know, a, a Bible college student. And, and I still ran from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kept saying, no, no, I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's what I, what I want to do. And then it just so happened that my, my girlfriend at the time mentioned it. And I was like, huh. you know, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do <laughs> after I had been told so many times by, by my mom and grandma. Um, so I want to take a quick break and shout out to my partners. Um, first off roast coffee. They are located at 107 East second street over in the Fort collective. If you have not been there yet, you need to go. If you are listening to this and you don't live in Chillicothe, Ohio, when you come to town, if you ever come to visit for anything, that needs to be your one-stop shop for coffee. It, they have the best coffee. They have the best drinks. It is winter time, so I highly suggest the London Fog. It's actually a tea. Um, but it literally is like comfort in a cup. And on these cold, harsh days, it just makes you feel like somebody's giving you a nice hug. <laughs> um, aside from that, the Cubano is always, always, always the best option. And if you're like me and you just like black coffee, um, you can get the Americano. It is fantastic. Best, best coffee. Cannot recommend them enough. Go check them out. Also, Sweet William Blossom Boutique, it's located right down the street from Roast at 90 West 2nd Street. So again, if you haven't been to either one of these places, go get some coffee and then go down the street and go check out Annie and her staff and get you either some beautiful floral arrangements or pick up their chocolate covered strawberries. Oh my goodness. Um, You can check them out online you can check rose out also they both have facebook and instagram go check them out go check their specials right now um in winter they have homemade chicken noodle soup over at sweet william um it's fantastic they only offer it on thursdays so you'll need to go check all that out and get the information because it is legit some of the best chicken noodle soup that i have ever had in my whole entire life you can buy it for yourself you can send it to someone who is sick um, as a perfect pick-me-up Um, They just are the best. They have everything. And last but not least, Maggie and Me Candle Company. You can check them out at several of the small businesses downtown. They sell them all over Chillicothe. And then they also sell them online, maggieandme.shop. Best, best candles. They are safe. They are homemade. They are hand poured. They are made with so much love. Their scents last that um, it fills up my whole house and it smells so good right now. I have the ice lemon biscotti burning. I actually picked that up from High Five Cakes um, and it is one of my absolute favorite scents. Oh my goodness. Everybody who has walked in my house has been like, what is that smell? It smells so good. So 
go check them out, get you some candles. All three of these businesses are just fantastic. They've got the best products, the best um, customer service, the best everything. So go check them out. And when you do, be sure to let them know that Elena sent you. Yeah, I think it's interesting that like, you know, you say that you were running because literally like when you were talking and then you just seamlessly went into, and I went into nursing and my thought was, well, how the heck did you go from like <laughs> playing the keyboard and leading worship and being a youth leader to nursing? Like that seemed <laughs> a lot more far-fetched yeah. and out there than you being in ministry. So I don't know. I guess that's just, that's interesting because as an outsider, I would be like, that seems like it does not fit at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but it's true. It honestly didn't fit at all. But, you know, I, again, I think that it was just me running away from yeah from the calling that, you know, in the back of my thoughts, in my, of my mind, I knew I had, because it was there all the time. My, my mom and grandma prayed for it and they would remind me and, and somehow it would come up very often. Mm -hmm. But you know, I, I guess I was uh, not trying to intentionally run away from it, but I was running away from yeah. it. So, yeah, I, I, I did the one semester and I struggled so much that I struggled to get D's and I took tests that I thought I had studied for so much. I tried different uh, studying strategies and none of them worked. And I remember one afternoon after I had taken a test, uh, uh, my wife picked me up. She was my girlfriend then. And I was just so disappointed. And I just felt terrible. And I told her, I don't know what to do. I, I have tried and I have tried and I just can't seem to get it. So she said, and I know the Lord used her and she said, well, have you thought about ministry? And I just stopped and was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so, I, I, you know, I think that was the, the, the shift that I needed. Um, so when I was in El Salvador and I started college there, I had uh, started studying psychology. Uh, so I was able to get some of those credits transferred over to the college, the community college that I was uh, going uh, for nursing at. And uh, I was able to, to finish my associates in psychology there. And uh, I just started serving uh, more actively in the church. Uh, my wife and I, we, we got married then and, and we started uh, trying to to do more with the youth she she started helping me and we would try to do a bible study uh, somewhere else other than the church and and we had pretty good times uh, it, it was great um but 
then the pandemic happened. And my parents had to leave the country right before the pandemic happened. Well, uh, like September of 2019, because of their of their immigration status, they had to leave the country to go uh, reapply for their visa and then come back in. So we thought that it was just going to be a two, three month uh, process thing, but it took longer. And then uh, my wife was was pregnant at the time. And, uh, you know, I, I had had two jobs. One was at Chick-fil-A and then I moved on to one that I thought I really wanted to do uh, with uh, children in the in the foster care system. I loved the idea, sadly. Uh, the, the administration of the place that I worked at just made it so hard, and uh, I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. I tried. I really tried. But I said to myself, I don't want to be like this before, you know, when my son arrives. And I had to quit. Um, my son was born, and then the pandemic happened. And while my parents were out, I picked up more of the responsibilities that my parents uh, had. So it was a lot, you know, on top of those responsibilities, the job that I was in. uh, I quit that job. My son was born, but I continued with not the full pastor responsibilities, but I was preaching and I was leading worship and I was making sure we because we started live streaming our services, uh, making sure that the live stream was working. And it, it was just so much. But I had to do it for, let me see, all of 20, all of 2020 and most of 2021, because it wasn't until September of 2021 that my parents were able to come back. Oh, wow. So they were out for over a year, almost. Wow. Let me see. Yeah, over here. Uh, but the Lord helped me. And I know that that time, even though it was a struggle, was also preparation. Uh, but I remember that it was, what was it? I think it was towards the end of September of 2021 just a couple of weeks after my parents had returned uh, that we flew to Ohio to, to visit my, my wife's family and uh, our flight was delayed. So we were uh, stuck in Dallas, but we had the option to, to change our flight to a later time. And, but, we also had my, my childhood friend that I grew up with was in Dallas. So I thought, well, maybe I could see them and we could catch up. And uh, in the end, we decided to stay. And, and the Lord used that visit to speak to us because through my friend talking to me and through his wife talking to my wife, we felt like the Lord was calling us to move to Dallas. And... It was crazy because that night that, that you know, I, I went with him to the pharmacy to get some, some things. And, and she, my wife, stayed with, with his wife and talked. And I remember that the next day when they took us to the airport, I just looked at her and, and I told her, I don't know why, but the conversation that I had with him, I now feel like 
we can actually leave McAllen and that he's telling me here for some reason. And she felt the same way. I didn't know why, but at first I just took it as, you know, like, hmm, who knows? And I remember calling my, uh, my parents while we were at the airport and, and I joked with them and, and I said, we're moving to Dallas. And I remember that my mom didn't take it very well, <laughs> but I was joking. And little did I know that it was going to become serious. Uh, so we just prayed. And as the weeks went by, I felt it more and more that it was God calling us. It was hard because out of my, out of all of, of my parents' kids, I was the one that spent the most time with them. I lived with them up, up until I finally got married, which was 23. And they had just gotten back from being in, uh, out. Um, so they just, they couldn't understand why I was now leaving or, or, or felt like I needed to leave. And I, I, I couldn't give them any other explanation other than I don't know why, but I feel like God is, is calling us to do mm -hmm. that. I don't know why, but I need it. My wife needs it. And I don't want to ignore the Lord's calling. It was a big struggle. I, before that, I, ha I couldn't even imagine leaving there. But the time came, we moved it was hard to move because I felt like I was, my parents hadn't been with my son for very long. And I felt like I was taking that relationship that was so good for at least a couple of months. I was taking it away from them. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that was one of the things that hurt me the most, but, but we did it. And, uh, while in Dallas, the Lord just spoke to us so much and so many ways I think that he renewed our minds and, and while in McAllen, I, I feel like I wasn't growing anymore. I had reached the peak, you know, again, to say of, of at least the small church that we were a part of, I was basically doing the, the pastor role. And so I knew that was one of the things that he was calling us to leave there. And, uh, while we were in Dallas, we started going to a, a big church, uh, Watermark Community Church, and, and it, was, it was a great time. Uh, we became part of a marriage ministry that just, it, it really transformed our marriage all of those years. Um, I thought that our marriage was fine, and it wasn't bad, but there were so many things that I was not doing as a husband that I realized I needed to start doing. Uh, I know that if we hadn't left McAllen, I wouldn't have been able to realize that our marriage wouldn't have taken that needed, much needed turn. Uh, and, and we had some friends there that, that just spoke truth into our lives. And, and it was just a much necessary time, very needed, uh, we weren't actively serving during that year, but while we were there, I had, 
I had several jobs. It's, it's, it's so crazy because in the, in the, in one year, I think, let me see, I worked at a, at a charter school as a substitute teacher. Uh, I worked at a, at a grocery store, really nice grocery store <laughs> in the deli, uh, department. And then I worked at, uh, a, a small medical equipment company, but, um, in that last job, I felt that it was just the easiest job that I had done. I felt I'm set. I have such a great schedule. Uh, my friend that, that I worked with said, if you keep doing well, you have the opportunity to, to get a raise every year. And I was like, I'm set for life. And I remember <laughs> one morning when I was driving to deliver some equipment, I was on the phone with my mom and uh, we were just talking. I, I, I spent a lot of time driving and I talked with them a lot. And, and uh, when I was explaining to them what the job was and that I enjoyed it, I remember her telling me, uh, I just, I feel like that's not it. I feel like there's <laughs> more. And I said, what are you like, what are you talking about? Like when you say more, or do you mean like me being a pastor? And she was like, yes, I feel like that's it. And, and again, I just felt like, mom, I, I just don't feel like that's what I want to do right now. I don't think that's where I, where I, where I want to go. And I just remember she, before we, we would talk about that, she would insist. And then I remember that morning, my dad told her just like, it's okay. Just that's what he feels and just leave it there. He told her. So I remember my mom just saying, okay, okay, that's fine. Uh, and I, I just said, I don't need it. I, I'm good where I'm at. We are, we are going to a great church. I have my, my relationship with the Lord is, is good. Uh, I, I just don't see why I need something else. And it was, I think, probably two weeks after I had that conversation with her that we drove back to McAllen because Brookside sends a, a, a work team to do missions to McAllen, which while we were in McAllen led us to, to meet a lot of people from here. But we wanted to go uh, and, and make, make it a double visit. We could see my parents and then at the same time uh, visit with the work team that was there because we had never missed a work team while we were there. And while we were there, we went to one of their uh, evening devotionals and Pastor Ryan approached me and my wife and said, uh, so we've, we've been having trouble trying to find a youth pastor. And for some reason, you came to mind and we just think that you would do such a great job. And I, I was shocked. I was not expecting that at all. I have always held him in such high regard to me. He's, he's just a man of God that, that I thought, man, this, this, I love him. He is wonderful. And I just could not, I couldn't understand and, and, and could not see myself being told by, by this wonderful pastor that I could be the youth pastor at his church. And we had, we had just bought a house in Dallas. I had just started this job, this new job. My wife had started a new job, not, 
long before that. So my first thought, I didn't say it, but my first thought was, no, we can't. (laughs) We just started so many new things. We can't. Um, And I'm sure that my my facial expression probably, you know, it it probably showed that I was like, okay. Uh, So that evening, uh, my wife and I, we were just laying in bed looking up at the ceiling. and, And I asked her, well, what do you think? And she said, I don't know. What do you think? And I just remember that I felt in my mind, I felt like, no, we can't. But something in me did not want to shut the door mm-hmm. on the possibility. So we prayed that night and we drove back to, to Dallas the next day. And I just kept thinking about it. And I think that it was in a matter of one week. I had told my wife, I don't know. I, I would just like to know more. I don't know what, what, cause the, the times that I served as the youth leader, it was always in an unofficial title. I mean, it, they were smaller churches. So I, I told her, I, I would just like to know what their expectations for a youth pastor are. And she said, well, call him, talk to him, ask him. And, I remember texting him and, and, and asking him whenever he would have a chance to, to talk over the phone. We talked on a Sunday afternoon. I remember it very well. And I told him, you know, I have just been thinking about it. And something in me makes me feel that I would really enjoy it. So the next day on Monday, I fixed up my resume and I sent it their way and Tuesday they responded to me saying uh, when would you be available for a a zoom interview Uh, we had the interview on Thursday of that week Uh, it was a great interview for some reason by then I already felt like I wanted to do it a hundred percent and the interview went very well Um, I spoke with my wife and I told her, you know, I'm really excited about this possibility. But if it doesn't work, I think that we will be good where we are at. And we were already thinking we can start actively serving in the church. And, uh, you know, my job is not a bad job. I can. But something in me still felt like I think this is going to work out. Uh, They got back with me and, and Ryan texted me and said, so they want to, to have you for an in-person interview and we want to fly you to Ohio. And um, I said, oh, well, well, let me see when I would be able to do it. It just so happened that my wife was going to be flying over there the next week to come and visit her family. Uh, so she said, well, I can, I can look and see if there's any tickets available. And there was in the same, uh, in the same um, flight. So I texted Ryan and he said, well, let me speak with the people that are are in charge of the decision. They said yes. So booked a a flight over here, was able to fly over here with, with, um, well, no, wait. Yes, it was in the the same flight with, uh, with my family. And then they continued 
to to her family and I stayed here in Chillicothe and um, I was able to help with the the annual toy drive that they have here and the next day on a Sunday uh, I taught the the youth Sunday school and throughout the the two days that I was here I met with several people that were uh, part of the board that are part of the board uh, and then Sunday afternoon after the the, the service we had our, our in-person interview with the hiring committee and, and my wife was able to be a part of it. And by then I felt like I was going to be back mm -hmm. in an official <laughs> title. And, uh, you know, that was Sunday. I had to go back to Dallas Monday early in the morning to be able to get back to work. And my wife flew back on Tuesday. So I went and picked them up at the airport. And I remember that after the airport, we went to Raising Cane's. My son was sick. We, you know, put him in his car seat. And while we were getting him in his car seat, uh, I got a call from Pastor Ryan and they were offering me the position. Wow. Yeah. And it was, it was then that I, I told him right away, yes, <laughs> I'll take it. And, uh, I mean, in a matter of, of weeks, the Lord just moved everything for, for it to be a possibility. We started making arrangements to sell our house, uh, for the moving. And, uh, we arrived here on, on February, uh, February 10th of, wow. of 2023. Wow. So... We've now, how long were since. you in Dallas then? We were in Dallas from December, let me see, it was December 5th, I think. December 5th of 2021 to February, uh, we left the 6th, I think, gotcha. of 2020, well, this year, yeah, yeah, 2023. But we didn't, like, so we lived with some friends first until we were able to find a house. We didn't live in the house that we bought. We didn't live in it even a year. And, and you know, we had to turn around yeah, and, huh? and sell it and, and move. So it happened really fast. But it was all part of God's plan because I know for a fact, but, you know, apart from everything that I know that the Lord had planned for us in Dallas, I know that if we were still in McAllen and Pastor Ryan had approached me to, to make the move, I probably would not be in the same spiritual state Yeah. to be able to hear those words and take them the same way. Yeah. I probably would have shut the door immediately. And because we had already made the move to Dallas and the Lord had already done so many things in our lives, I was able to say, no, I, th this has to be something. Yeah. And it was so. We've been here and it has been great. Mm -hmm. uh, I just love being able to um, speak to the youth. Uh, the, this has been a wonderful, wonderful time. We've, we've met so many people that have become uh, such an encouragement to us. And the Lord has just been so good to us. Yeah. And I mean, everything else is history. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because, I mean, 
all of your story is just like the common theme is preparation in every season. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you go all the way back and how, you know, you decided to play keyboard and how you um, stepped into youth ministry and things like he was preparing you for so long. And, and then I don't just equipping and, and preparing and obedience, like just so many things, but I love the, the part of Dallas because it's like, I think sometimes we just need that. We need that season of like, you know, you said like, you know, you had peaked or whatever when you were at McAllen where it was like, you know, I'm, I'm not that you got stagnant, but you're just like, okay, this is, this is it. And then he moved you to where you could have it. You had no idea, but was a season to just be poured into mm-hmm. and to just receive. And even though you did, you know, you, helped with ministry to some degree it wasn't to what you were doing yeah and so it was more of just being able to sit and receive and get poured into instead of because it sounds like i mean in every role that you've been in you have constantly been the one giving and serving and pouring out and everything so to have that whole season where it's like you just get to sit and receive and you and your family just get to sit and get poured into, and then, you know, to have such a big door open. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, like he's just really good. So seasons where we think like, but I'm not doing anything and, and he's quiet or I don't hear him or why am I, you know, I used to be serving and doing all the things. And now like, I feel like I'm like, I'm in timeout or something like yeah. it's just quiet. I'm just, it's like, that's, that's not it. Like he just moves us in seasons to where we get to pour, get to be poured into because he's preparing us for what is next. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's, I think that's a, a thing that a lot of people that are in ministry um, sometimes miss. Mm-hmm because they just feel like they always need to be doing something and, mm-hmm. and they were called into ministry to to be active all the time and no rest mm-hmm. at all but i mean god god wants us to have our time of rest too. yeah uh, we need it yeah you know and and i agree with you in that I know that 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 time that we had in Dallas was that was our time out, we could say. Mm-hmm. And we needed it. Mm-hmm. We really did. Um, everybody needs it because mm-hmm. the, the, the Lord, the Lord speaks to everybody while in ministry, while at work. Mm-hmm. But he also speaks while at rest. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, with some people while at work, it, it's hard for, for us to listen. Yeah. Because we're always going, going, going. Yeah. So it is at rest. Yeah. That that we can hear him. Yeah. Even though he never stops talking, of course. But yeah, yeah we, we all need our rest. 
pastors, we, you know, we are human and, and we need that time. And I know that, that he gave that to me, to my family. Uh, and it was, oh man, it was great. Yeah. It was wonderful to have it, <laughs> which I, now, you know, I, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm having a wonderful time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, at the end of every interview, I ask, um, I want to know what is the Lord speaking to you right now, personally? A, a thing that I feel keeps coming to mind, and I know that it is the Lord, otherwise I wouldn't be thinking about it so often. Uh, but one thing that I have really been trying to do and and am and, and, and planning to push more towards is it's just unity and that's one thing that i have been uh, mentioning to my youth group is i want us to be you know united i, I don't want there to to be a division and and for people to to find themselves alone in the corner and and i want to take that to everywhere else which um i was just talking with with one of my of teens not too long ago and and telling them how i want i don't know if, if they already do it or if there's already a, a group that does it but uh i want to to just get a group of of youth pastors of as many youth pastors as possible to just sit down with no ulterior motive and with the purpose of just sitting down talking encouraging each other and praying for each other mm -hmm. you know usually the thought is when 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 a youth pastor talks to another youth pastor it's like let's see what we can do with our youth groups together mm -hmm. and not that i don't want to do that but i just want to to sit down with other youth pastors and and just have a good conversation with them and 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 know them yeah. and know about them and, and how things are going for them um because you know the common thing everywhere is is competition mm -hmm. it's like oh well how many kids do you have going to your youth group and how many do you have and and i don't think that there's any any value or benefit to mm -hmm. that there's a lot of, of churches here just here in Chillicothe I uh, know that that we all serve the same God and my mind my thoughts my mindset is as long as because I've had several kids come at least once that that have told me that they go to a different church i'm like as long as you are going somewhere that mm -hmm. teaches the truth go mm -hmm. and i don't care if i have a hundred kids in my youth group if i have a hundred kids that are not growing in their relationship with the lord then then there's no benefit to that if i have 10 kids that are growing in their relationship with the lord then awesome i am doing something right and and if and if a kid is going to grow in their relationship with Christ at a different church, then go and grow. Yeah. So I think that my my main objective and, and, and what the Lord is telling me right now is just 
you know, unity amongst yeah. youth pastors and youth groups. Yeah. Uh, if we are able to reach those that are lost, no matter who it is, we are already doing what the Lord has called us to do. And if we can help each other by encouraging and praying for each other, then I know that that's already going to be something big. So that is an objective that I have. Again, I don't know if, if other youth pastors are getting together already. I'm sure that some probably are. But I want to, you know, break down the, the barriers that they may that there may be, you know, amongst denominations. Forget about the denominations. Let's focus on on that we all serve the Lord and, yeah. and that we can encourage each other and pray for each other. Yeah. That's one thing that has kept coming to my mind. And I, and I know that the Lord has been pointing me in that direction. Yeah. Uh, so I, it is something that I hope I can um, start or, or join, you know, mm -hmm. this, this coming year. I really hope that it can happen. I love that. Um, one of my, I would say one of my biggest passions in life period is, is unity, mm -hmm. especially here in the city. And um, so that speaks volumes to my heart. And I think, you know, from what I've seen, you already do it well. And so I think because you have the personality that you have as far as not having that competitiveness and having that open heart and open mind to, to say, I genuinely just want what's best and I want, you know, the teens to grow. I think that is something that um, is seen not and heard not only through your words, but through how you act and how you interact with people. And so I think because you already live it so well, I think it'll be easy for you to find those connections. Mm, um, so I'm excited because I think, I think in the little bit that I have been around you and, um, and heard about you, um, that's what I've heard, you know, that you're not, you know, you're not out there like I'm the new youth pastor, everybody come to Brookside. Like <laughs> you're just genuinely invested in, I want people to know Jesus. And I think again, kind of going back to how you were raised, like, you know, you weren't raised in a denomination, you weren't raised in a specific church. And so it, you're not from here. So you're, you have that advantage of I'm coming in and I just want to, you know, you have a different perspective because you've been all over the world and you've seen things from a vantage point that none of us have. Mm -hmm. And so I think you offer a very fresh vision and perspective um, that is needed here. Thank you. <laughs> Makes it sound so formal. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. So that's exciting. I'm excited to see what, what he does this past year. So thank you so much yeah. for, uh, being a part of this and sharing your story. It is, it really is, you know, like I said, like one of, of preparation, just seeing how the Lord has worked and even just, I mean, goodness gracious, I joke with 
with my husband and said, well, he started, he started <coughs> saying it a while back. And now I just remind him of it often. Like, you know, the Lord brought me to you all the way from India. Mm. And so you just need to be thankful. Like, you know, some people <laughs> find their spouse like right here and that's cool and that's great. But yeah. like, he brought me all the way from India mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, for you guys, it's just neat to see how, I mean, the Lord brought Haley to you from Ohio (laughs) and then brought both of you back here. And it's just like, if there was ever people who are exactly where they are supposed to be, like, I don't think that he could have made it any more clear. And I remember even last year, when I was talking with Pastor Ryan and he said, you know, we, we offered uh, this guy this position and um, he was like, he's down in Texas. And I was like, it's in Texas. And he <laughs> told me kind of the, the very, very short snippet of how you guys were connected. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and I remember <laughs> telling him even then, that is insane. Like, that is insane that the Lord had just already connected things and connected you guys. And um, so just the story of, of how you're just your whole life, like you're, you know, both of you, like if there's, if there's two people that are supposed to be here, it's the two of you. So I'm excited to see what the Lord has in store for you guys. We're excited too. I feel like, you know, (laughs) The, the the common thing theme I feel like is has been preparation. I feel like this first year has been preparation for what is you know what the Lord wants to do. Yeah. Um. So I yeah I feel like just as excited as you. I I want to know how how the Lord is going to continue to to work. Yeah. Um, I just want to do what He wants me to do and. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I, I am excited. Yeah. Well, I love it. Well, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation. It, like I said, is it was so, so good. I loved every single second of being with Timmy and talking with him. Um, And I just invite you all to go and thank him. If you know Timmy, then shoot him a message, call him, text him, whatever, and just let him know how much um, you enjoyed hearing his story because I know I am not the only one who was completely blown away by how interesting (laughs) everything has been. Um, And if you don't know him, then I invite you to send him a message or leave a comment and let him know uh, that you appreciate him and just how thankful we are that the Lord brought him to Chillicothe, Ohio. And I was reminded the one thing, I mean, there are so many things that the Lord spoke through this episode, but one of the things was just how much, how personal the Lord is. You know, we serve this really, really big God, but he's so personal and he just really is so intricate in how he connects things and people and how he writes our stories. And I'm so thankful for the way that uh, the ways that he had connected Timmy uh, to Chillicothe far before he brought him here. And I'm so grateful that he is here and for the work that he is doing, for the work 
um, that he is doing at Brookside and just in our community. He's someone who has a heart for the community as a whole and uh, is wanting to get more involved. And that brings me so much joy and I'm so excited. And I'm just really excited to see what the Lord has in store for he and his family as they continue to walk in obedience. So um, let him know how much you appreciate him and how much you were blessed by his story. And just let him know, show, show him some love. Okay. And that is all. And I will see you all next back here next week for another episode of Pour It Out.